Hey everybody, when you hear that music, yes, another exciting episode of On the Latter Side of Baseball, and we are gearing up for the World Series between the Philadelphia Phillies and the Houston Astros. We are going to be fortunate enough, we hope, barring any technical glitches, to uh, connect with Bobby Denier, former Gold Glove winner with the Chicago Cubs, the only center fielder with the Chicago Cubs in their history to win a Golden Glove. Played for Philadelphia on two separate stints. He started in 80, 81, 82, and went back to the Phillies, I believe, in uh, 88, 89, where he ended his career. I've got his baseball card right here. And uh, unfortunately, I can't really tell because of my diminishing eyesight. But at any rate, uh, that's the deal with uh, young Bob Dernier. What a good guy. We've had him on the show a number of times. He'll be uh, joining us pretty soon. And in the meantime, uh, we may talk to him a little bit about uh, one writer's opinion of the top 30 players in the upcoming World Series. Now, you know, I'm not sold on the fact that uh, uh, the 30 players that this guy picks are the top players, but, um, you know, it's hard to go wrong when you pick uh, Mr. Bryce Harper as the uh, leading guy. I'd pick Bryce Harper as the leader, wouldn't you? Of course you would. And so uh, we'll see what other players he thinks in that top 30. Most of the first 10 are split between the teams. Got Harper, he picks number one. Uh, Vordan Alvarez, I'm not sure about that, but I'll go with that. Number two, Jose Altuve. Number three, Alex Bregman. Number four, those, you know, there you go. You got a lot of uh, uh, guys following uh, Harper on the Astros. Number five is Justin Verlander. Number six, Zach Wheeler. Number seven, Aaron Nola. Number eight, JT Real Muto. Number nine, Kyle Tucker. And number 10, Kyle Schwarber. You know, those are all really good guys. The 11th guy, Framber Valdez. You know, we've got a unique situation where we talked a little bit with Craig Kishan about the first time in baseball history where two starting pitchers, number one and number two for the same team's name starts with a V. V is in victory. And I'm predicting the, uh, well, Craig took the Houston Astros in six. I'm taking the Phillies in five. I'm a believer in Dave Dombrowski. I'm a believer in Rob Thompson. I'm a believer in teams that are good enough to pay um, some of these guys the way they're paying them. And uh, so that's good. Um, I'm a fan of the Phillies, I guess. Hard to root for either team, but I will. I'll probably root more for the Astros, but, um, you know, I'm a pretty big believer in uh, watching. This will be the last seven games wherever a major league team was allowed to shift and play short right field, short left field. You know, most of the shifting is against lefties. Can you figure that out? Well, I wonder why that is. I guess lefties pull the ball more. Righties are more of a potential spray hitter. And um, I don't know, but that's the... Um, it's a scoop. Anyway, 
we're going to give Bobby Denier a few minutes to join us. Um, there have not been any big uh, news scoops other than managerial uh, changes. The first one was Bruce Bochy taking over the Texas Rangers, signed a three-year contract. So Boch comes out of the Giants organization where he was getting paid to probably sit back and smoke cigars. Now he's going to be the manager on a three-year deal with the Texas Rangers. And Skip Schumacher, uh, the bench coach for the St. Louis Cardinals, and he played eight or nine, ten years with the Cardinals and other organizations. He has been hired as the new manager of the Miami uh, Marlins. So I'm a little surprised they didn't go towards a Latino or an African-American in both of those situations. I guess Ron Washington has been given some uh, thought, but you know he already managed the Rangers and that didn't go so good. So I doubt if he's going to go back there. Rick Renneria hasn't really gotten a nibble since uh, Ryan Storff let him go. And so now there are still are a lot of guys out there that uh, want jobs and there are a ton of jobs that are available and maybe even more. Dusty Baker's in the, you know, it's his contract's up at the end of the World Series. So what are the Astros going to do? <clears throat> the White Sox don't have a manager. The Royals don't have a manager. Um, the Yankees probably won't have a manager here in a short period of time. If you heard it, maybe not first, but I think Boone's gone. His, his act, he looked tired, he looked bored, he looked ready to be, you know, heading out and fishing for a couple of years instead of uh, fretting his life away watching some of these uh, baseball players really not do much to advance the ball. So uh, that's, that's certainly disappointing. It was interesting uh, to talk to Craig a little bit about the delay in the uh, World Series, you know. It just, I don't know why they sit around for four days. I guess it's for TV, but um, we're going to put you on hold here. Take a little break. Here's some music on Spotify and then be back with Bob Vanier. So just hold your horses. Hey, everybody, we're back on the letter side of baseball again with a former great, great host. We had a good time, a great host. He's a guest. He's everything. I see him on the Marquee Network every now and then. Looked uh, looked like he had a little beard going before, Bobby, but I think you cleaned up. Yeah, it's all gone. Um, it was kind of the the COVID, uh, COVID chin strap. Yeah, I didn't have it for long. I, I'm not a beard guy. You know that, Jamie. But, I, you know, I thought at my age, if I'm ever going to try something once I better hurry up. So I did. And, you know, it lasted a couple of years. A couple of guys told me they miss it. You know, like, Hey, I didn't recognize you, you know? Well, folks, you heard it from the legendary Bobby Denier, the only center fielder of Chicago Cubs to win a golden glove. And it took me, uh, for some, I don't know why I was watching marquee network. It must've been still during the baseball season or right after. And I did a double take cause there was Bobby Denier with a beard and I'm going, Holy God, he looks 10 years older with the beard. Now you're looking back to normal, buddy. Oh, well, see, an, another kind of backhanded compliment. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, my wife was happy, too. You know, it's it's all about the maintenance. You know, at our age, uh, um, the lower the maintenance, the better. So it, it became a nuisance. And 
Good riddance. There you go. Hey, did you uh, just get off the golf course today? I would, I would think the weather was all right. It was nice. I uh, could have, uh, but I, I made a commitment. I went out and had lunch with some other old baseball farts. Uh, uh, Jeremy Jones is a local kid. Uh, I coached actually. Um, and he's highly involved in the local, um, amateur, you know, the kids baseball uh, right. world and Jamie Bluma who pitched with the Royals. And, uh, I think you might be familiar with, with Bluma. I've met Jamie a few times, fantasy camp guy, extraordinary. Yeah. Everybody loves him. Yeah. 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 And those fantasy camp guys, he alerted me are having a practice a week from tonight or a week from last night. Uh, to get ready for November fantasy camp coming right up for you Royals fans. Yeah. Hey man, you know, I'm going to try to get bloom on the podcast. I think he'd do it. He's such a good guy and loves to talk. Oh um, yeah. You'd, you'd uh, be better. You'd be better because of it. So if you need his number, I'll pass it along. Yeah. If you wouldn't mind, that'd be great. Give him a heads yeah. up. I, like I said, I've met him a few times and have buddies that uh, went to the fantasy camp, but Hey, how about the Phillies? Are you going to get out to Philadelphia? Yeah, how about that? That was uh, nobody saw them really coming, and uh, what a joy to watch! Uh, I won't be able to get out there, but I tell you, I, I've talked to a couple of people. I talked to Sam Fold, who's a uh, high up in that that front office out there, former Cub and one of the guys I coached over the years, and so uh, he said it's a a great group of guys, players and staff alike, and everybody's, you know, in that in that uh, pull the rope in the same direction mode, and they they've kind of you know, they've kind of backdoored everybody. I think they were the sixth seed, weren't expected maybe to win and uh, knocked off Atlanta uh, convincingly. And and uh, we saw what they did to San Diego. So here we go, the underdog role, right? Yeah, I mean, weren't the Phillies in St. Louis? Wasn't that their first round? I, I got notes that I can't read. That's I beg your pardon. Yeah, they they beat St. Louis. With not, that six-one-ninth inning. Huh? With that sixth run, ninth inning, the Correct. biggest comeback ever. Wow. Correct. So they did beat the Cardinals, and they, then they beat Atlanta. Right. And then they got through San Diego. So to get through that gauntlet, you know, uh, and now, of course, everybody's pointing at Adam as the ultimate underdogs. Houston hasn't lost a game in the postseason, <laughs> expected to win. You know, I'd like to see Dusty get one as a manager. We're all kind of, you know, we're torn. Yeah. Between, you know, you kind of whatever the result is, you'll be happy for who whomever. But um having played in the world, the only World Series I played in was there in Philadelphia. I can tell you those fans will be rabid and ready and uh, you know, sprinkle some golden dust on them. They got the Eagles wandering around undefeated just to keep the city hopping. And that's a great time to be in Philly, brother. Yeah, it really is. It's pretty cool. Uh Gino's cheesesteak if I get out to Philadelphia. Well, the best cheesesteak is in the visitor's locker room. I can tell you that straight up. Uh, and you can go to Pats or wherever you want to go for one up there. But that visiting locker room uh, chef and, you know, the crew there, that that that's famous in the in the in Major League Baseball. You can ask anybody in the league, you know, where's yeah, the better cheesesteak? Yeah, I'm going to have a better chance at Pats or Geno's than in the Philly clubhouse. But I know that you, I, yeah. I don't think I get access you know everybody. You're the you're you're kind of a under the radar stealth Harry Carey when it comes to who you know. I was going through the. Uh, I was just trying to go through for some reason because I'm you know I'm friends with Dombrowski, but not not that close since a long time ago when he was with the White Sox. Mm -hmm. 
He just does magic. You know, he does great. But Sam Full. How about that? Yeah. I'm looking there and I'm going, is this the same guy, the little guy that played, stole bases, played center field? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> How did that happen? What's the deal with him? Well, he's a Stanford grad. Let's start with that. Uh, you know, no accident that he's he certainly, and as a, as a coach, you know, I was in the beginnings of my coaching years with the Cubs. And one of my first assignments was to get uh, Sam ready uh, to go up and play uh, defense well at all three outfield positions on Pinellas teams back in 07, 08, right through there. And they were winning divisions. And so they wanted, you know, they needed a guy at the time. We, you know, we, we, we really, really didn't have that. Um, it was an okay defensive outfield. And so Lou thought, you know, he could add fold was ready and uh, he just wanted to make sure he could play all three. So I remember having to go into Iowa or I think it was Iowa. He was in AAA and make sure he got some extra work in, in left field and right field, not just in center. So that way, Lou could feel free to use him uh, anywhere. And, uh, you know, anyway, he excelled and had a, uh, really a wonderful career, Tampa Bay, Oakland, and, and, and just a wonderful young man. I, I kept in touch, but I don't bug him, you know, or, or bother him. And, and uh, so I did send along a congratulatory text the other day, and we traded a few uh, laughs and uh, good, good fond memories. Look, he was not as fast as you, but he could steal a base. Oh, he could do, yeah, he could do anything you wanted on a baseball field. I mean, you know, short of he wasn't a home run hitter, but he could right. hit a home run. Yeah. And he he did everything else well and, and smart, more importantly, Jamie. He was a player you could count on from the neck up. He wasn't going to, you know, make a, a, a numbskull uh, play on the bases or on defense. He was always paying attention and concentrated. Crowd favorite, too. You know, he's a guy like, you know, those guys that are, that aren't, in the uh, upper echelon of the payroll were the guys that I always liked. And like, for example, this guy probably played before you were born, but Al Weiss, who was a infielder with the White Sox and got traded to the uh, New York Mets right before they won the uh, miracle. I guess that would have been uh, against yeah. the old Cubbies. Hey, did, you didn't play on any teams with Suter, did you? Just played against him. Yeah, yeah. it was sad news. Uh, sad news. Traded news, that news with Jody Davis. And uh, Jody, you know, of course, played with him briefly and, right. uh, in Chicago as well as against. But, uh, yeah, awfully young, 69, you know, and yeah, I don't know yeah. any details. I, I hadn't seen Bruce, but one time over the last, mm, I think I saw him once during 2015 or 16 in Chicago. We did a little thing for uh, television up there together and, and, uh, about the Sandberg game, which he, he liked to tongue in cheek and call it the suitor game. You know, he seemed like a heck of a good guy. I, I didn't yeah. know him real well, but he seemed like he was one heck of a good guy. And I know his teammates loved him. Yeah. I don't think he was at the hall of fame induction this year. He's probably for good reason. That feels so good. No, the, these guys are my baseball cards. Now don't draw any correlation, Bobby. I pulled this out the other day. It's a Bobby Denier uh, upper deck baseball card. And, uh, you know, they're all cool of you. And I'm not just sucking up to you. There, there aren't that many of us that have a baseball card. And mine came from fantasy camp. <laughs> I love baseball cards. So, you know, you can tickle my, you know, my funny bone there. Because I, as a kid, I loved them. And I think still one of the coolest things about 
getting to play in the major leagues is that you get your own baseball card. I still, I still like that. You probably got your card, your bat, your gloves. Oh, I've got stacks of them, brother. Oh, that's, that? that's so yeah. cool. No, I know Nelly. Uh, God, I've got like 600 Dave Nelson cards. If you ever find anybody that's a Dave Nelson fan, let me know. I can Boy, I certainly, I certainly was, as you know. But uh, he was one of my childhood guys when I was, you know, paying attention to young Royals teams. And, and uh, you know, when I was in middle middle school and high school and so i certainly you know i i was well aware of who davy nelson was absolutely i just pulled out a 1973 all-star program that uh uh nelly had and played in or he actually played in any he didn't get the bat uh earl williams i think no it was uh oh who was the coach it was the guy earl weaver maybe no it wasn't it wasn't weaver it was um 73 all-star team yeah the american league coach was uh had to be uh, the oakland a's manager coached oakland uh yeah uh uh, man oh man he was was the guy back in those years for oakland i'm just oh by the way 72 three four when they were winning it who was the manager oh man you know i don't know just passed away i can see him he had a little mustache it wasn't billy martin um but anyway he told nelly to sit down after he went out in the field in the eighth inning because people paid to see Willie Horton, not Dave Nelson. Um, <laughs> yeah. Earl Will- Williams, was that? Man. Oh, maybe Dick Williams? Dick Williams. You're the because man. He was a My mind's before. going, Bobby. Thanks for no, that. that I'm glad you made me remember that because he, of course, <laughs> managed those hated San Diego Padres in 1984. Um, oh, you know, man. that guy. that guy was... He was one hell of a manager. Let's face it. He 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 uh, knew what winning looked like, and and those oh. teams in Oakland they they broke my heart, as you know. And you brought it up. up. Yeah, you brought it up. We've never talked about the the amazing 1984. I guess that would have been the NLCS, right? Is that what they call right. it? Right. So the Cubs win two games at home, and then you fly out to San Diego for the rest of the five-game series? Is that how it went? Yeah, the, the final three were in San Diego. Yeah. Have, have you felt worse ever in your baseball career than at the end of those three games? And I hate to dwell on it, buddy. Yeah, no, that, that still makes me throw up in my mouth. No, no thanks for, for reminding me. But. <laughs> I, I totally, we've, to, we, you've been kind enough to be on this podcast a number of times, and I've never brought that up in, in, and it wasn't because I respected your yourself. Well, you know, we won two at home, and the the caveat there was we were the home, we had the best record in the National League and should have had home field advantage. In other words, three games right. at home, two on the road. But they decided because television pays the bills, uh, the money talks, and so right. you don't have lights, and we're going to play you know prime time games. So San Diego's going to get three at home, and you're going to get two. And of course, we told them you know where they could shove that. Yeah, and that's they said, right. well, then you ain't getting no Coke. And so we said, okay, we'll play at Comiskey. But we want our fans, and they wouldn't do that either. So we wow. got what we got, and we lost three games yeah. out there. No excuses. We should have certainly won one. Uh, but I'm still unhappy about that, Jamie, as you can probably hear. <laughs> Steve Garvey. I won't we'll, – we'll change the subject. Have you seen the uh, um, documentary – uh, on Nolan Ryan that just came out a little while ago on Netflix. Heard about it, but I've got to see it. 
it's spectacular. It's um, mm-hmm. it's funny because when in talking about Dave, the um, and, and he didn't talk about Dave, but he talked about one of the questions somebody asked him was, you know, you hit a lot of guys, Nolan, and he and Nolan goes, yeah, in his Texas drawl, people tended to get hit if they hit a home run or stole a base off me, and of course he hit Nelly like fifteen or sixteen times. Dave was in the top 10 of Nolan Ryan hits. Wow. And there are a couple, two funny stories. One, um, he hits him in the ribs with the angels up like nine to two over the, over the Rangers. And Dave finally stumbles to his feet, can barely talk and starts heading out to the mound. And of course, Nelly ain't going to fight. And, and the umpire didn't know that. So the ump kind of got in between them. And Dave said, uh, I'm just got to ask Nolan. And he, Come here. What the hell are you doing? And he goes, Dave, that's for stealing second, third, and home off me in the minor leagues and double A. So uh, that was good. And then the other story, he drilled him another time, and Toby Hare was on deck and walks over to him. Dave's on the ground, and he's going to have the seams in his ribs, like I'm sure you've had a dozen times from different yeah. or, or more. And Toby Hare goes, Dave, anyway. <laughs> Dave, get up. Don't let him know it hurt you. And he looks over at Toby here like, what? You crazy. crazy. Yeah, Nolan, you know, he had a way, I guess as he grew older, he, he got a little soft, more soft-hearted about it. But yeah. I faced him in 82 as, you know, the first time I saw him at the Astrodome in Houston. And I got, uh, you know, I got Pete Rose on deck with with Sarge and Mike Schmidt behind me. And and so uh, I figured, you know, Nolan's got to come after me. You know, I'm, I'm looking fastball, of course. and and don't have to worry too much about the breaking ball. And uh, so I got the first pitch was a little high. Second one, I got it down there where I could handle it. And I hit a bullet right back up the middle, right between his legs for yeah. a hit. And then I stole second and third on consecutive pitches, right? Yeah. So I'm knocking the dirt off my belt in front of me. And uh, the third base coach, Dave Bristol, told me, hey, don't turn around. He's looking at you. Just don't turn around. So, I, of course, I start to turn around. He's like, ah, you know, don't turn around. He's looking at you. Next at bat, just be loose, you know. I was like, of course, you're young, and you're like, yeah, right, whatever. You know, I'm not afraid. So, sure enough, I come up again in the second or third inning. And first pitch, he threw a curveball that started behind my neck. Yeah. And I wrinkled like a, you know, like a, it was just terrible you know, embarrassing and, and fell and landed on my back. So now I got dirt all over my back and I'm starting to get up. And as I'm getting up, I look out to the mound and there's Nolan standing there with his hand on his hip. And he hollers in there at me. He says, knock that dirt off. (laughs) So he didn't hit me, but he sent a message, you know, loud and clear, you know, that he didn't appreciate. Yeah. He didn't particularly like it. But what I heard from Rose and those guys, the older guys, they told me, uh, don't worry about stealing bases, but don't try to bunt on him. <laughs> so I don't know if he just didn't like anything to do with players like me who like to bunt, steal yeah. bases. You know, but I know this, and you'll like you'll appreciate it. For whatever reason, I guess Amos Otis used to just wear him out. Wow. And I'd have to look up the numbers, but I guess he he was able to, you know hit some home runs off him and uh, you can, you can uh, probably see that as I can too, you yeah, know, that's awesome. 
yeah, yeah. I'll have to look that up. But uh, what a great honor, you know, to finish that one up, to get to face a guy like that after you listened on the transistor radio when you were 12. Yeah. You know, he was pitching on the coast and and uh, no nose, you know, quite an honor. Yeah. But I made the list. He struck, he struck me out twice, so I, I got on his list. Well, what a legend. I mean, the guy just played forever. And, uh, well, you know, until his arm gave out, literally. Um, yeah, and then he taught, he reminded everybody of the age-old lesson, you know, don't go try to fight dad. And if you do, bring your brother, because <laughs> you'll probably need him. Ask Robin Ventura. You know, don't go out and try to punch out dad. What a stupid move. <laughs> right. I mean, that, yeah, and that, that, that'll be a classic video forever that 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 pardon the 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 nelson reference but the half nelson and the whole thing you know yeah just you know just laughable big time I in mean, baseball and baseball fights are so bad anyway and they're yeah, they're not legit you know they're, they're not jokes. they're not fights right they're, they're, they're like an invitation to the prom you know pick out a partner and do a little dance and work your way around the pile yeah the worst the the, the injuries come twisting your ankle on somebody, you know, that's laying down on the ground, trying not to get hit. And, uh, right. But you know, in the baseball world too, we all know that there are at least back in that era, maybe they're not so much today, but there were some guys who were just, you know, they were crazy. And, and so you weren't sure when you got on out there in the middle of a brawl, what, what might trigger them to just go crazy, you know, with a bat or with something, you know, yeah. who knows, just, just, just go wild on somebody for whatever reason. And, you know, you kind of had to know who those guys were and everybody had a way of doing this when those guys were around, like their hands would go like this, you know, it want nothing to do with yeah. whoever that guy might've been. And, uh, you know, today, I don't know that. I, I think that that that's all calmed down a little. I think it's totally calmed down probably cause they're all making five to $10 million at the least. Maybe. I think yeah. they, uh, I don't know. Somebody like Gates Brown, I don't think I'd want to see coming in a brawl. And, uh, you know, no. some of those other guys, but, uh, the, uh, you know, I wrote an article when I was 16 years old, when Marichelle took a bat to Johnny Roseboro and, uh, some syndicated writer said, Oh, baseball's dying. And I took offense to that and wrote a letter, got published in the paper and Roseboro signed my article and then signed a picture with the bat over his head. But, it's amazing that really, I can't think of one other instance, and you probably can, either in the minor leagues or in the major leagues, where anybody has used the bat as an offensive weapon to go after somebody other than, I know Clemens threw the bat at um, Piazza. Piazza. Yeah, but how about Campy? Campaneris, uh, he, he zinged a bat out there at somebody yeah. When he was playing for the Oakland A's. Remember that one? I do remember that, but I don't, did it skip and miss the guy? I mean, and he, he slung it like, I mean, yeah. And that thing went whirly burden out and, you know, the guy had to duck. I can't remember who, who, who it was, but. No, you, know, I mean, days, was, you were right. You know, the, the guys in the fifties and sixties, there was, there wasn't much fraternizing between the teams, uh, between guys on the other team. I don't know how it was for you from the 80 to 89, 90 era, but. I mean, was it 
okay to talk to guys on the other team directly and overtly or go out with them. It really wasn't, was it? It it happened. You know, it was, it was, I thought, I thought it was professional and, 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 you know, reasonable camaraderie, which maybe you had played with a guy before, you know, you see old friends and that kind of stuff. Right. Or you meet, you meet guys and you're, you know, you're curious to, you know, uh, especially if they know some, one of your teammates and you kind of get to know them through them a little bit, uh, just normal friendliness is the way I experienced it for the most part. But there was a, I think there was a respect too for the, I don't know, the decorum of the game. Like, don't, don't overdo it. You know, don't, don't be captain fraternization or whatever, test the waters too, too deep. As long as you keep it professional or kind of honor the, you know, the kind of the etiquette of the game, then nobody said anything. So, yeah. You know, as a fan during the the Cubs runs and, and uh, even the Royals, Nobody really abused it. I, and the first basemen are all, you know, they see everybody. So I can give a guy. And I, and yeah, I got I to know care, Keith Hernandez because I was on base a lot, you know. Or, yeah, or, so yeah, all right. At the end of the 16 run or whatnot, even 17, I go, why am I getting so pissed when Rizzo's just having the time of his life and they're down four runs? Yeah, you you have no choice but to get to know Anthony a little bit if you're playing in the league during the past 10 years. You're on base enough, you'll probably get to know him a little because he's that kind of cat. Yeah. And he had a good run with the Yankees. I was glad to see that. How about Schwarber? What are you – good. Nobody fits the Philadelphia mode better. And, you know, and the Cub thing, you know, and having to – I get to share that with Schwarbs, you know, and he played for others as well. but but having that Philly cup thing and, and knowing how much they love power in Philly, whenever they had the chance to sign Schwarber and Harper. Oh, by the way, yeah. those nobody fits that Philly kind of thinking up, you know, for baseball better yeah. than those two, in my opinion. And, and that's what makes them for me really dangerous this year. They've got six or seven guys in a row that, uh, you, there's a, this is a fist fight trying to get yeah. these people out. And so that for that, I give them a, I give them a 50, 50, you know, I know, you know, the odds makers will make Houston a big favorite, but this yeah. could go either way. And, and it's going to depend on the pitching. We know Houston's got one hell of a lineup, but Philly's no joke. Hey, I did an earlier podcast and I picked the Phillies in five, man. I think they're going to go in five. Yeah, I, well. If I were to, I, I won't quiz you on this, but I was surprised to learn that the Phillies payroll is much higher than the Astros payroll. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Well, you They're know, like they brought North. over Castellanos. They, you know, that uh, who else? Uh, I miss Riamoto. Oh, I mean, yeah. They, yeah. Wheeler. Nola, yeah. Wheeler. Syndergaard's yeah. got to have a big payroll. They've paid uh, some guys and, and hey, they as well, they should. I mean. Hell yes. Yeah. They're making and, money. You want to swim in the with the sharks? I mean, L.A. Look at that thing. I mean, what a that's like an all-star team out there. Yeah. So but they didn't win. You know, they end up looking no, at it. So I, th- you know, what when I was a kid, the eight teams in the American League tried to win the pennant so they could play the team in the National League that won the pennant. And then you, the season ends. You go off. You play seven games, and that's it. And so, world champions, here we come. Now, 
it's more like the NCAA tournament after the first weekend, you know, that they get in the NCAA that after the first weekend, we're down to 16 teams and four in each bracket. And I think when baseball expands, they'll probably get this up to 16 teams. So it's not, it's just who's hot at the time. And Philly, I was surprised Philadelphia and, and I, you can't blame Giardi, but whoever, why they didn't win more games is just a mystery to me. Well, they just didn't win more games, you know, the first 60 games. I mean, yeah, you're going to have a hunk of 60 games, like kind of almost three times, like 350 game hunks, right, of games. And if you go, if you play well in two thirds of those, then you usually have a good year. And that's what they did. They didn't have a great year, yeah, but they had a good year. Right. Well, right? they barely. 50, you know, 20s, they were like seven under, right? Yeah. Seven under 500 or something. Were they? Yeah. Was it, was it them or San Diego? I can't remember. It's not that important. One of those two teams was tied with the Brewers, but they, I think it was the Phillies had the, yeah. um, they it didn't have a playoff this year for the, when they were tied, they went by the, your competition head to head. Yeah. And I think the Phillies got in and then they go on the road. The last three series and the, like 18 days. On, are, can you imagine their dirty laundry? Oh well, yeah. There's. I'm sure they found a way to get their clothes clean. But at the same time, uh, you're right in that. And and it's. I think in some old schools, if you will, the you know the yak as well. You know, that team never even gets mentioned in 1953 or 19. 19- 80 or you know that that's like a, a nice year come back next year try again right but now the you know the whole the 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 thinking behind uh the playoffs has changed and we all know the motivator and that's more money right. and that's fine admit it live with it call it what it is in and so yeah you you have diluted kind of the old baseball champion who used to be, and hey, they diluted it when I played a little bit because right. it used to be just two teams, you know, one in the American, one in the National every year. And then they made it a National League and American League Championship Series. And then, and then, and now we got what we got. Right. So you can, you can point fingers to your blue in the face, but three are pointing back at us. So I don't complain about it. No. I just, like everybody else, honestly, as a fan, I, I kind of like the, you know, everybody's kind of got a chance and it makes it interesting for more markets. And so what's wrong with that? Right. I know the joke a long time ago was the NBA played 82, 82 games to eliminate Philadelphia and uh, everybody else got in. <laughs> well, <laughs> not so anymore. But, yeah. Well, you just hope that they just don't lose touch, you know, with and the one, the one thing that's got me, if you want to mess with me, Okay, change the length of the bases or the length of the pitching. Yeah. Uh, you know, change the fundamental. And so they did. They finally got me. Apparently, they're making the bases now 25 by 14 or whatever. So they're, now they're closer to home or closer to second or whatever. And that little inch or two, you're asking for trouble. And and, and when you start doing that, I think. I think you got to be careful. I totally – I couldn't agree with you more. I like – I like some of the other changes, the the increasing. It's like, why not do like at, at rec baseball where they put a first base off on the side of the real first base so you can For run the little the yeah. And yeah. then boom, boom. 
let the umpire figure that out or the replay official. But um, that that was like, what? just like do the shift rule and stop throwing the first yeah, base all the time. Now we'll go back. See? Yeah, and that's that, what's going to happen. Right. They're going to end up, they try stuff. And what we used to laugh about is call it, they said, we'd say, hey, so what what are they going to do this winter when they have that, you know, that meeting they have that, that how do we screw up baseball this year meeting? Yeah. And, 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 and somehow they come up with these, you know, good try. And Hey, I'm, I'm all for progress, making things smarter and better. I'm, I'm in, you know, but when you start getting into the fundamental of 90 feet, making it 89 feet, 11 and a half inches or whatever, I think you're asking for trouble. You know, be careful because that that has lasted 150 years, Jamie. Well, and they shifted for Ted Williams. I, I, I'm glad they got two guys on each side of the base on the dirt. I, and me I, too. And I like the pitch clock. God, get me out of Wrigley Field in under three hours, please. Mm-hmm. And then, you yeah, know, everybody's for moving the game. Move the game. Let's go. I, be ready. I, yeah, be concentrated. Just gonna have a. I want to see Darvish pitch in his first spring training game. I want to go down to Arizona because it's going to be funny to watch him throw a pitch every 15 seconds. The guy throws a pitch every three minutes. Did with the Cubs. (laughs) Did the world, you know, he looks at the catcher like, okay, who are you and what are you going to do? Hell, they got a button that tells him what he's throwing. Oh, my God. I got to be honest. I still don't. I got to do more research. I don't understand. I don't know what they're doing with the whole thing in the ear and the cap or the catcher. I don't know what they're doing. Um, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, I don't really care. Well, as long as you, as long as you're clicking your heels a little bit, like, a, cause I'm now Joe fan, I'm just watching and I don't want to have to like, uh, you know, another time, another wet time, you know, we'll start over. What do we do? Be prepared, be concentrated. I'm all for that because now I just want to watch a game. You know, I'm, I'm well, not on any stake in it with, with pitch which is, I guess what they call it. And, I don't know how many, but a majority of the teams used it. So the catcher's got his little thing. It's on his wrist? It's on his thigh. It's right above his shin guard. Okay. So See, I now they cover, They take their glove, and instead of covering their crotch so they can give their signs, they cover up their their knee and uh-huh. it punches a button. And then the pitcher hears it, and the shortstop, second baseman, and one outfielder hear it. They're all on the transmitter. One of the pitchers, I don't, it was on the one of the Brewers, one of their big studs, said, "Why don't I call? Why why have the catcher hit a button? Why don't I hit the button? I'll tell him what I'm going to throw." And it's like, you know, as long as we've got this technology, I'll call the pitches. And it, you know, like, well, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, uh, just like, right. That way, there's no shaking off. Well, yeah, I guess so, you could tell the catcher he has the right to shake it off right yeah well i guess the catcher you know looks over at the dugout and the but i'm in the pitch i don't know i just thought that was a pretty good idea i can hit so it do they hear my my final question on that i'm putting you on the spot because i just haven't i haven't asked i haven't tried to learn what what they're doing so you're saying they hit a button and then does that button communicate to the guys verbally a word yes. or, or or what it it says fastball down curve okay. out slider up slider okay. down and so in there was an incident in St. Louis early in the game early in the year cold not a lot of people in the stands 
and the shortstop had the gizmo so that they could hear what the sign is so they can tell the guy next to him what's coming, yeah. change up or whatever. Who's got the base or the whatever. The base runner was here in the pitch. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> the guy on running at second base could hear. So you don't need a drum or anything to beat on? Or... No. Isn't okay. that funny? And nice. so the other goofy rule, you can only throw, you can only pick off, try to pick the guy off twice, two times. Now, I don't know if stepping off constitutes a pickoff, but I'm thinking, okay, after two, and then I went back and read the rules. After two tries, does that mean the guy can get out of second base and go, nah, 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 come and get me. I can beat you to second base. No, they can throw to first for the third attempt to pick him off. If he, if they pick him, he's out. If they don't pick him, he gets second base automatically, stolen base. Interesting. And there you go. See, that's what happens in that meeting on how do we screw up the game this year? Yeah. You it's know, I mean, ghost runner. I hate the ghost runner. You know, yeah, the, that, well, there you go. So, you know, and again, there's seven inning thing. You could talk about the double hitter. They did that. Yeah. I mean, everybody's got a kind of a right. take on how, you know. So to me, that's it's baseball, I guess. Uh, you're never going to be fully happy with it. So yeah. it's kind of like a, I like, I prefer to call it, it's kind of like us husbands, you know, take us or leave us, but you know, don't try to fix us too much because we're just, we're just, we're who we are. Okay? Oh, that's funny. You know, the last thing on the shift and all this other rule stuff, I was thinking about this the other day. Most of the shifting seems to be in into right field. So do lefty, Left-handed yeah. hitters pull the ball more than righties? There you go. The big, sweaty, left-handed power hitter is the most desired hitter in our league because you got mostly right-handed pitching. Right. It's the quickest way to score a run. So it's pretty easy to discern, what do I want? I want left-handed hitters who can hit the ball in the ballpark. And hopefully at least 30 times. And I don't care what they do with the other at-bats overall. As long as they hit 30 and drive in 90 yeah. minimum. Then I, I want, you know, I'd like to have a few of those guys. So if all they do is ground out to second, punch out, walk, or hit bombs, that's why they play them like that. Okay. Because at least we're not going to see, you know, like a, um, oh, what the floater in softball, guys out in, you know, yeah. right field throwing a guy out. What used to bank. be hits, you know, yeah. they were line drive outs. Right. And, and guys get frustrated, especially – you know, uh, how you're taught to hit. Right. It's a really think the one that gets me is, a, you know, let's hit line drives up the middle of the field. And so guys hit a bullet line drive over the pitcher's head that's been a hit for 150 years and there's a guy standing there. You know, that, that kind of irritated me a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But the smart guys, because, see, if you'd have shifted me, I made you shift to my game. If you just try to shift me like that, I'd hit 750. Cause I could hit a weak ground ball to second base anytime I wanted to, if I wanted to, or, or bun it over there or whatever. Cause, because what you tried to do in our, in my uh, way of thinking, well, I made your third baseman play 70 feet away to take the bun away. And then I hit bullets buying for doubles. You see, so yeah. you make them shift to your favor. Right. And, and, and they so don't do that now, man, I the mean, opposite. You, know. you know what? Some of them do, like Rizzo and, and Schwarber. Tries, yeah. Well, even you know, Harper. Harper hit some shots to left field the other Harper. day. 
they know how to adjust those guys but there are guys plenty of guys in the league the reason they shift them like that is because they just won't make that adjustment you know my favorite philly nick castellanos why the cubs let that guy go or i i have no idea whether it was what theo was thinking or uh, well he went to detroit cincinnati chicago and now philly and so it should tell you that the guy's a a professional hitter and 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 you know he he tries he's kind of a hired gun kind of player you know that's how i view him yeah but yeah depending on where you're at in the try to win zone are you deep into it are you just beginning or how do you want to pay him a hundred million right that that's kind of where it was going yeah he's right in that they asked when he left cincinnati i think he came to chicago and you know had a mini press conference with some reporter and you know, they, they said, well, why, what, what made you decide not to, I think it may have been a free agent. Why didn't you sign with the, with the Cubs? And he goes, I, nothing against the Cubs, but I want to win. And then of course, Cincinnati didn't really help him out. Mm-hmm. But to me, and again, a fan with no connection, um, he remind everybody needs a, 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 a Lester and a lackey. They all need a, they all need a, somebody to get in your face and be able to say in a few words, this ain't just going through the motions, dude. Get your app. And that didn't seem like the Cubs had that this year, other than it might have been more lackey than Lester. Lester, I think, yeah. was capable of just staring at you. Yeah. He really didn't need to say much. That's how I would have viewed those to two. Me, lackey, lackey, was, lackey would have ripped your throat out. I, I yeah. could yeah, I hear you. And I think Castellanos has that look in his eye, like, don't, don't, don't jack with this team this season i've only got a limited number of years and i want to win and Mm -hmm. i'll show you i'll play as hard as anybody and the i don't think he he doesn't take very many pitches i love it that's that's my kind of guy good guy yeah he had he had a little bit of a tough uh regular season i guess you could say but then uh when when things got going in the playoffs you could tell he you know we all recognize there's a there's a light switch that goes on a little bit brighter in October. And I don't care if you played in it or not. I, and I had the good fortune of, of getting to, and, and you can't help it. You're just extra jacked up, Jamie. I mean, you know, if you're, if you're worth your, your weight and salt, I mean, you should be jacked up a little bit. Well, so I, I, I saw him get a little more concentrated and, and uh, you know, you can just tell the difference. Yeah. And these guys start healing a little bit. You know, I think he had a few injuries and, and was on the, yeah, he was banged up a little. He might have been on the DL for a while, like with Harper. But um, one guy that you and I played golf with, John Watham's kid, is a third base coach. So that's kind yeah, of yeah, Dusty. I traded texts with with Duke the other day. Yeah, yeah, uh, he's going to join me tomorrow. And they were out there. Him and him and Nancy went out there to watch. And he's going back. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, I don't blame him. My God. And you know, I heard today you'll be interested to tie that one up into a little bow. Dusty got interviewed by the Royals today to or this week or whatever. That Sometime is so cool. so I was going to ask John. He was he was a little disappointed when Jardy got the job, I think. Um Dusty was. Mm-hmm. Uh, put in the time and effort and so I was going to ask John and now I got the scoop that uh Dusty's been interviewed. So that's good. Yeah. Which would be kind of cool. I mean, if that's the direction they end up going, that would be cool for the Wathens. And uh, I get to play golf with John once in a while. We played down at the Lake of the Ozarks this summer together. And 
and hung out with the girls a little bit. Uh, the Stan Mutual charity event down there is pretty pretty fun event. So. I don't have to tell you what kind of guy you are, but Duke's a hell of a good guy. I mean, oh, I love hanging with him. He's a fun yeah. golf partner. To, he loves a cigar like I do. So, oh, you know, we can. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. you were a gar guy. I knew John was. Yeah. I, yeah. We'll have to, uh, I still go out to Lionsgate whenever I get back. We'll have to go out there and tee it up next year. No doubt. Yeah, the golf season is about over here. You know that. Yeah, it's really getting over here. I'm going up to Indiana tomorrow to play golf with some guys and um, then out to Las Vegas with some of the Kansas City boys from the golf club. To are you going? You're not going out there in January, are you? I'm going out there next week. We got a little fantasy camp out there in January. Cub, uh, a couple of Royals guys come too, including Craig Woodson and uh, another guy who lives out out in vegas it goes to the royals really? Really? yeah a bunch of cub guys i got lee smith and fergie jenkins and pretty good crew ed lynch that story when i went to cubs fantasy camp um uh, we it was the last banquet and i'm sitting at the table with uh i don't know if it was durham and lee smith i it was a, it was lee smith and one other guy mm-hmm. and smith started just giving me grief because he says dude don't you ever shut up and i go <laughs> Oh yeah, Lee's great. I'm paying money to talk to you, buddy. Yeah, he he brings that Louisiana humor too. He's quick. Yeah, and you gotta you gotta pay attention to Smitty. He he goes. You know, remember how record players? Remember record players, Jamie? Yeah. We used to put on a 33 R, you know, and, and then you'd go up to a 78, which is really fast, right? Well, Lee Smith was he, he, when he's telling a story Louisiana style, he's going 78. Yeah. Okay. So you got to keep up. You know, this is no 45. You know, little top 10 single or something this is going nelly used to say you know jamie the only difference between you and a radio is i can turn off a radio that was yeah uh, well we can't help it that's what baseball gives you so much dead time that you become a chatty kathy all you do is sit around and talk about girls or something other than so now we talk about baseball i was just talking with another fella and we were talking i was saying pro basketball pro football hockey they're all different from baseball baseball players can remember you're at bat in 1984 with the guys on second and third who was pitching and what he threw to you and there's not that distinguishable number of plays in the other sports whereas in baseball it's always different maybe that's what's cool about baseball you never know what's going to happen yeah exactly and there's you know there's if, if you're lucky enough and you get to play long enough there can be you know, thousands and thousands of reference points. And I can go back to when I was 10 yeah. and remember at bats, you know, or 12 and remember a game or, you know, so it kind of sticks with you even, you know, right through my coaching years. And like, because of a circumstance, because baseball will surprise you if you keep watching it over time was again, something you've never seen before on a baseball field. Yeah. And yeah. So that that's the intrigue it kind of brings it you, you never know it's like that old you know that box of chocolate thing you know well are the royals gonna get any manager get a player get anybody that can get them back to where they were on the mid 14 well i i know this i i i enjoyed you know the the little bit i watched and i i wasn't able to get out to kaufman uh at all this summer i was at wrigley a number of games but uh, i sure like that bobby wick uh, youngster and you know their style I mean their effort how they how they go about it there in the organization now they're in a little transition with Dayton leaving and 
So it'll be interesting to watch to see how it evolves, you know, new, you know, the Sherman ownership and, and we've been, you know, we've been kind of that 30, once every 30 years, you know, and, and so you just want them to threaten and develop and, and, and create that team that you can go out and, and get behind again. And then we're happy campers here. You know that. Yeah. And that, this, the small market thing bugs me. I think everybody's making enough money on different, different parts of baseball to where they can at least spend 150 million at, at the bottom. But, uh, I don't know. Hey, when you, uh, one thing I want to do, and I, we, we touched base a couple times right before your last uh, performance at Wrigley, but next year I want to make sure that I'm there when you sing the, the uh, seventh inning. Well, you know, now they did the math on me, right? So I've done like 30, they're bringing back the Cubs convention in January, which is refreshing to hear. They, you know, that COVID had caused a couple year gap. Right. Uh, but before that, I had gone to every Cub convention except two, I think. So I had like 32 Cub conventions, 27 fantasy camps, and I've sang Take Me Out to the Ball Game 17 times. So I make like the top 10 pretty easily. And I, I don't know. Who's you know, wow. Harry, you know he, Harry died in 98. So there's been 24 years of opportunity to go sing. And so I've done at least seven, I've done 17. I was coaching and doing other stuff. I missed a few years, but, but I told Eddie better, and you'll like this. This is my little name dropping session. <laughs> so I told Eddie better, Hey Eddie, I have 17 60 second concerts at Wrigley. Okay. So no pressure because I'm not the best singer and I'm not the worst singer. I'm solidly middle of the road. Uh, he can't really sing, but he, he he can at least harmonize the words, say the words right, you know. So, you know, I just stay out of harm's way with that whole thing. You, you really don't need to be there in person. I mean, if you need it really bad, you can YouTube it. That's but I try to do it in the bathroom by yourself. It's just not worth it. Jamie. What I really want to do is just go out and have a few beers after you sing. Okay, yeah, because <laughs> you only have one before. You. That That's the key. Just have one before just to kind of. Yeah. shake it off a little but if you have if like you go drinking with Sutcliffe before you go sing not good not good hey yeah. I was disappointed I heard Tavern on Rush which was my favorite joint down in my neighborhood in Chicago shut down today last day yeah, I got that word. yeah how about that man oh man I love that place yeah now, I don't it, know what Gibson's be curious to see what what that ends up that you know what I they heard put their going to redo the building and put in a couple different restaurants. So who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Famous uh, corner. Cubs, Royals, got to make some moves and uh, fantasy camp. So are you going, is the uh, fantasy camp in Vegas after the uh, convention? It is. Yeah. It's like a, a following week. Last question. I hope it doesn't end on a bad note. Uh, Mr. Hundley, how's uh, Randy? Yeah, and I haven't I haven't talked to Randy recently. I need to check in and see. Uh, last I heard, you know, though he's doing okay, and I think he's kind of he's out, sort of out of the base or the fantasy camp business. I, right. I think uh, at least the thing with the Cubs that like it had been that's not going to ever happen again. The Cubs don't have the facility available down there during that time frame. We had done it in late January. They have kids coming in from all over the place for rehab and early spring training stuff and 
So if you're going to do it, you have to figure out another way to do it and probably at a different location. Uh, so I don't, I don't think he's going to do that no more. Still got my little nameplate. I've still got all the autographs from all you guys. That was fun. I mean, a lot. Oh, yeah. of And, uh, you know, how often you get to hang with the Billy Williams and Sano came over a bunch of times and you, you were there and, all, and Jody Davis, all those guys. It was a, I mean, the year I was there, there wasn't anybody, you know, that wasn't, that was missing. It was great. Beckert was around and, uh, oh, yeah. some of know, my favorites, yeah. you know, they, they were like uncles, you know, big brothers, uncles, and, and, uh, even dads, maybe, you know, if they were old enough, that, that whole crew and, and, you know, a lot of them are still around too. And, Getting to hang with Fergie is always a uh, an absolute treat. I love hanging with him, and I think he just turned eighty. Wow, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, but getting along good, and you know, you just as long as you feel like it, do it while you're young, Jamie. You know, yeah, absolutely, man. Well, you're you're looking good. Your health is good, and uh, it's always fun to talk to you, on, whether we're on a podcast or not on a podcast. And uh, wish you nothing but the best, and I hope that. Uh, we we uh, rendezvous on a golf course here in Chicago or in Kansas City or somewhere. But thanks, Bobby. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm going to put you on hold real quickly and say goodbye. So don't go anywhere.